In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, in whose kingdom our lives are opportunities for His grace. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when you start off with this parable, this parable is probably one of the most difficult parables in the entire Bible to put together a sermon about. And the whole reason that it is so difficult to put together a sermon about this particular parable is because as you're reading it, after you get done, you probably begin to kind of wonder if you missed something in the reading. Because as you're reading through it, you you kind of wonder to yourself, this really can't be what's going on. Jesus can't really be telling me, make friends for yourself by means of dishonest gain. That can't be Jesus. I mean, we, we can understand that out of somebody else. You know, may, maybe Machiavelli, maybe Donald Trump, maybe the guys on the Shark Tank, whoever. But not out of Jesus. Out of Jesus, what we expect is uh, what, that you shouldn't make friends for yourself on uh, the basis of dishonest wealth. I mean, this is Jesus. Well, what's going on? And so as we, we read this, we, we try to kind of uh, think about, okay, what, what, what is Jesus doing here? Why is Jesus telling this story about a dishonest manager who gets in trouble and who then goes and cuts the bill of the people that he's in charge of billing in half? What does that have to do with who Jesus is and and what his kingdom is really like. And if you're serious about being a Christian and, and if you've been seriously studying what it means to be a Christian, maybe it begins to sort of make a little bit of sense to you because you realize that at the basis of what Christianity is, at its most elemental piece, that Christianity is really kind of a big con game. That Christianity is is kind of a big cheat. And if you've been a Christian for very long, you probably realize that. Because you probably realize that you are standing in the shoes of those people that are coming to this manager and trying to bargain God down. That when you come to God, when you come to Jesus, that when you come to Him, He might be sitting on the other end of a table and might be asking you, Okay, uh, how much do you owe my father? And you get to say, Well, um, hmm. I know that Scripture tells me my whole life... My whole being, every moment of my life, every little small aspect of my identity, all of that stuff is what I owe to God because, um, first of all, He created me, and then after that, He uh, redeemed me, forgave forgave me of my sins. So, um, everything is what I owe God. And Jesus is on the other side of the table going, okay, and when do you think that you're going to be able to pay that off? I've got to make out the little payoff coupons here. Um, And you look at Him and you go... Um, never. Exactly. She gets it. 
And he goes, well, all right, then write down paid with my name beside it. And that's who we are. That we are recipients of this this great cheat. I mean, we are not paying for our salvation. Instead, He is. That He is really sort of this picture of what this dishonest manager is doing. Is that he, He's taking what we owe and that He is nullifying it. In fact, He's even better than this dishonest manager because what He does is not just cutting it in half, but He completely obliterates it and says, I've paid for all of this. And we get to be the recipients of that. And we get to say, okay, this is what it means to be in the kingdom of God. Is that my bill is nullified by the person who put the bill together. And so that means that when I am out there living my life, that I get to do the same. That I get to forgive sins. Because my sins have been forgiven, I I know how great that is. Maybe I get to go out there and I get to forgive other people their sins, which you should not have the right to do, by the way. I should not have the right to get in front of you on a Sunday morning and to say that I am a servant of the Word of God and by His authority I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, because who am I? I'm just another debtor, just like the rest of you, whose sins have been forgiven. And so when you go out and you live your life this week and somebody sins against you and you get to forgive them, why do you get to do that? Because I'm going to just go out on a limb here and assume that not too many of you are planning on getting crucified this week in order to pay for the sins of the people that you are going to forgive. You're probably not even going to get whipped, maybe not even going to go to court, hopefully. But you have this ability to be a dishonest manager. To go to people and to say, you've sinned tell you what, I know this guy. If you write down his name next to your bill and you write paid, it's done. His name is Jesus. He's already paid enough for all of your sins. It's going to be okay. Your sins are forgiven. And so we head out into this world and we are empowered to go out and to forgive other people's sins and then we run into people's sins and we go, I don't want to forgive their sins anymore. Because you see how ugly sins actually are. I mean, it sounds great when you're in here and you're like, hey, we're going to go and forgive people their sins. And sins is just this sort of abstract thing that's out there. And then you meet sinners and you go, wow, sinners are really horrible people. Sinners hurt me. Sinners make my life sort of a living hell sometimes. 
Sinners hurt other people in little ways and in big ways. And we get into that practice of forgiving other people their sins and we no longer want to be the dishonest manager. We want to be the very fair, very precise manager. We want to say, well, you see, I can forgive you of uh, five sins this week. The rest is on your own. You have to take that one up with God. And usually those five sins that we're able to and wanting to forgive, those are going to be the smaller sins. It's going to be like, you know, you stole a stick of grape gum. I'll forgive you of that. Um, The other sins that you're committing about ruining other people's lives, uh, no, I'm not going to forgive those. Because I'm going to be fair about this. And and that's really what Jesus is calling out in the Pharisees here in this parable. You see, this is a weird section in Luke where uh, he has been telling parables to this whole group of people, including a bunch of Pharisees. And at this point, at the beginning of our reading, it says he sort of turns and he's talking just to the disciples here. But it sort of sounds like the Pharisees are kind of listening in. And the Pharisees, when they hear him talk about, uh, about this money, issue and it says that they love money the Pharisees begin to mock Jesus and the reason that they begin to mock Jesus is that Jesus is not really talking about what is fair and money is a fantastic picture of fairness It's the whole reason that we have money. It's so that we can give somebody a value that is fair and equal to what they've provided for us. If you don't believe me, if you've ever stiffed a waiter or a waitress or a server for not giving you the kind of service that you feel like they should have given you, that shows... That you want to be fair with your money. And that's the reason maybe that Jesus is constructing this entire parable based on the system of fairness and saying, well, that's not exactly what my kingdom is all about. My kingdom is not about being fair. My kingdom is about cheating. My kingdom is about, here, I have all of this stuff that I have died on a cross to give you, and I'm going to give it to you and not expect anything in return. And it's not going to be fair, but it's going to be great. And I'm going to forgive you of big sins. I'm going to forgive you of little sins. I'm going to forgive you of no matter what kind of sins are out there. Because I love you that much that I am not going to be fair with you, but I am just going to give you grace. And that's what God's kingdom is all about. And so, as we go out into this world with our lives and we begin to see people with big sins and little sins and sins that we want to forgive and sins that we don't want to forgive, maybe it would benefit us to start looking at things in a way that says, I'm going to forgive this no matter if it's big or if it's small. Because, actually... Both of those are going to be kind of shocking to people. Uh, 
If somebody tells you about, you know, this small sin that they've done where, you know, they have uh, spoken against a neighbor or maybe they've, they've gossiped a little bit or maybe they watched something on TV that they shouldn't have or whatever. And they say, you know, I've done this kind of bad. And you say, I forgive you. They're going to go, what? Because people aren't really used to getting forgiveness for little sins. They, they would actually rather expect those sins to just get swept under the rug. But if you say, I'm going to forgive you of them, because I know this guy, and he died on a cross, and it was a big enough deal that he was going to die on a cross to forgive you of that sin, even though it seems really minuscule to us, you'll begin to understand a little bit more of what it's like for God to forgive us of our sins. And if you run into somebody who has a really big sin, whatever that might be, and you say, instead of sitting there and sitting in judgment over them and saying, well, you know, you should have done better and you should not have done this, and just really harping on them, instead, if you lead with, you are forgiven, then that's going to be different too. And that's what this kingdom of God is all about. It's not a kingdom that makes a fair exchange. This much of time on the cross for that sin and this much time on the cross for that other sin. But it's that I have died on this cross for all of your sins so that you can be with me forever. No matter how many sins you've committed. No matter if they're big or if they're small. Because I love you. And I want to show you my grace. And no matter what sin you commit, it's going to be an opportunity for me to show you that grace. Amen. Please rise.